This episode is brought to you by Goalie. Did you know the University of Michigan did a study that found over 80% of apps for kids are designed to lure them into longer gameplay and more in-app purchases? Goalie decided it was time for this to end. Unlike the Kindle and iPad that have endless ads and potentially dangerous content, Goalie is a tablet with only apps that build independent kids. It has no web browser, no social media, and no ads, ever. It has award-winning learning apps like Khan Academy, Duolingo ABC, and Starfall, and the best part? It's completely parent-controlled. In my house, we use Goalie's kids' calendar to teach my son how to stay on task. He learns life skills like how to make a sandwich by watching one of the hundreds of video classes and can practice it by following along with one of the 50 pre-made routines. As a dad, there's no better feeling than knowing that my son is becoming more independent every day. For more information and to try Goalie risk-free for 30 days, visit getgoalie.com. That's G-E-T-G-O-A-L-L-Y.com and use the code THEAUTISMDAD to save 10%. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski. As a single dad to three amazing autistic kids, I've been the go-to resource for parents across the globe navigating neurodivergence since 2010. Building on the success of my award-winning blog, The Autism Dad, this podcast provides parents raising autistic or neurodivergent kids with comfort, community, resources, support, and validation. You'll also hear inspiring stories from parents just like you, reminding you that you're not alone. So don't miss out. New episodes drop every Monday and Wednesday. Subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app and visit theautismdad.com for more information. On this week's parenting Q&A episode of the Autism Dad podcast, I'm going to share with you guys an interview that uh, I, I did with my son. And it was, it was just kind of a conversation that we were having. Uh, and the idea behind this originally was to just kind of practice recording together because um, we're going to start doing some more collaborative uh, things. And we needed to test out some new equipment and kind of get a feel for how it worked. Um, and so that's why there might be a little bit of audio weirdness. But but what happened was a conversation with him that I I guess I learned some things that I just never knew. And it has to do with his life before he was able to speak. Um, it's, it's really, I've listened to it a few times since we recorded this and it's really emotional for me because I had no idea that he remembered not being able to speak. And I can't imagine what that's like. Wow. So, so anyways, uh, Emmett and I wanted to share this with you guys. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say that this is a reflection of every non-speaking person, what their experience is, but for Emmett, this was his experience. And, and I just want to say that it's so important that we always presume competence. Just because someone doesn't speak does not mean that they can't hear you or understand or have feelings or thoughts or opinions. Um, it just means that they, they need to find different ways of expressing them. Okay. And, and I, and I hope that's part of the takeaway uh, from this. So I appreciate you guys taking the time to tune in and, uh, I hope you learned something. All right. So, uh, today's episode, we are going to talk just a little bit about Emmett, my youngest, you guys have been asking for more of him because on occasion he's been known to join me on a, on a Facebook live and wreak havoc. Everybody loves it. And I we prefer have, the term making them much, much better. There's Emmett. 
So, all right. So we, we have a good time when we're talking about stuff and he has a lot of really good insight and it's helpful for a lot of parents who are trying to better understand their kids. Uh, so we're going to start taking on some, you know, questions and answering them from two different perspectives. The first perspective will be, you know, from me as a parent, and then Emmett will share his uh, thoughts and experiences and, and uh, maybe potential advice if, if that's warranted. But uh, for today, we're just going to kind of get to know Emmett and he's grown up a lot, you know? So if you've been following our journey on the blog for the last, you know, 10 or 15 years, he's come a long way. He's come a long way and I'm very, very proud of him. So I'm going to just ask him a few questions and uh, help you guys get to know Emmett. You ready? Yeah. All right. So you're 15 years old now. Yeah. Okay. You were, you were nonverbal when you were little. Yeah. Do you remember any of that? Uh, yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we talked about this a little bit. We have talked about it, but I couldn't remember. Obviously, I didn't remember that because I was kind of shocked when you said you remembered. Um, what What do you remember about that? I mean, a lot of it I remember is preschool. And I don't know why, but this like vivid memory is just it was like lunch at preschool and it was like they handed me like this cup of yogurt or something and i felt like i was saying like in a way a preschooler would like i can't eat that uh but I probably wasn't saying anything because they didn't do anything and just walked away. And so for like, I would say the first years of my life when like before I was speaking, I felt like I was talking to people, but I actually wasn't really sort of like being locked in this cage. You can't get out of. I We've, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, but, um, Never really in depth. No, not really. Because I was always just grateful that you have been able to communicate so well. Uh, I really guess I didn't, I didn't question it, but so, so you do remember that. Yeah. So, so it was like. As much as like a normal person would remember them being a toddler. So you're saying that you remember like knowing what you want to say. It's like when you lose your voice, except there's no voice. Wow. When you try to speak, but you literally can't. Wow. What did that feel like? Um, I mean, it's all you knew. Yeah. But like, what it was that? Fr- it had to be frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Felt, uh, Frustrating probably explains why I was uh aggressive. Smidge, Smidge aggressive. aggressive. <laughs> Smidge aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh um, I guess just it felt lonely in a sense. Yeah. Because you couldn't communicate with anyone. So you could you could hear us and you understood but you just couldn't I mean as much as a toddler does well right but uh, but i guess what i mean is like a lot of times what happens is people when they're non-speaking the world tends to 
assume that there's an issue with competence. Like they just don't understand or they don't hear or they're not processing anything. And what you're saying is your experience was like you understood and you tried to communicate, but like it just didn't, nothing came out. It's like, like it just trying didn't to work. talk through a wall. That's so interesting because I, I just did an interview with uh, a speech language pathologist on the Ohio podcast. And she was talking about uh, a lot of her clients that she works with, they that are non-speaking but have been able to learn to communicate, describe it that exact same way where they know what they want to say, they feel like they're trying to say it, but like their mouth doesn't work or their voice doesn't work. Like there's, there's, a, there's a disconnect somewhere yeah. that is preventing them from actually speaking but they are hearing everything. They have thoughts, feelings, and opinions, just like anyone else. They just, they're, whatever is going on is pro- prohibiting them from, from actually like speaking. Yeah. I will say this totally off topic. If we do decide to make this like a long series, mm-hmm. I vote to call it through both sides of the looking glass. Okay. Just totally random. I okay. just thought that was a cool name. Well, you do bring random. Yeah. And unpredictability. Yeah. Sometimes we have to filter what Emmett says. And just... <laughs> if anyone listening has any better ideas, we're all ears. Okay. Cool. But uh, what's the next question? I, I'm still kind of like stuck on this. You remember that. I, I really, I guess I really didn't understand that you were, like you have memory of that. Um, so around, it was around four, four and a half. You just started talking. It was like, uh, it was some, like I broke through the wall. Okay, really? Is that, is that what, is that how it felt like to you? Sort of. Okay. Because when you started talking, you just started talking. I mean, it, it wasn't like a single word here or there or something we could barely understand. It was like, you just like turned it on. And it was almost like, uh, almost like you took a software upgrade in the middle of the night or something, right? Like Emmett 1.2 or something downloaded and it included voice. <laughs> yeah. I will say one of my first memories of me talking that I can remember was, uh, Elliot's seventh birthday when we still had the table by the mirror where the, yeah. our water cooler is. I remember walking through our kitchen door way. And I was just talking to you about, like, what a normal toddler would, like, why does he get all the birthday presents or something stupid? But it was just, like, that was one of my first memories of talking. Wow. And you know what else is was different with you um, is is that you what I would always call an old soul, which I, I don't know that that's the right way to put it, but you were, it, it was never like I was talking to a five-year-old. L- like you had absorbed so much knowledge and information and you just, you would have these, you were using these massive words. Your vocabulary was insane. And, and you had a deep understanding of things. Whereas like, I couldn't talk to you as though you were five years old. 
you wanted more information. You wanted to understand more. And so I couldn't just say because. I still can't say because. Yeah. He, he doesn't buy it. That's not a good. Well, we can do that. That's yeah. a whole other yeah. thing. But you, you've always been like that. You wanted an explanation. You wanted to understand the mechanics, the hows, the whys when, when you were like five years old. I mean, I was trapped with my own thoughts for like ever. Yeah. It would sort of like be meditating for like, uh, what was it? Like four years? Yeah. Assuming that you gained somewhat consciousness at like two years old. So it was like two or three years. Wow. Sort of like just trapped with your own thoughts. That was it, I think. <laughs> wow. That's. I, you know, like. It's. Uh, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> That had to be so frustrating. I wonder if that's why a lot of the time I just always ask, are you okay? Yeah. Or just continuously just talk. You know, one of the things that I, I think that we did with you was we always used the right words. Like we didn't, um, we tried to facilitate language, right? So it was, it was like, you want, you want this, this is a cookie, you know, or, uh, you, we started to teach you sign language. You, you learned basic sign language. Um, and I think, I think that helped to, to give you an avenue to express yourself and tell us what you needed or what you wanted. But it wasn't too long after that, that you started talking. So I do have another question for you, actually, since we're sure. doing this, and I just really want to know, like, you, we thought that you were deaf. Yeah. Because you didn't startle. We could come up behind you and clap our hands or whatever, make loud noise, and you wouldn't flinch. You didn't respond to your name uh, and things like that. And you failed all your hearing screenings. Uh, even the, the more advanced ones where you were sitting in a sound booth and they played sounds from like surround speakers throughout this thing. And yeah, it, well, you can't see him right now, but he's moving his eyes around, but that's what they were looking for, for you to either turn your head or, uh, eye movement to the direction where the sound was coming from to see if you were actually hearing the sound and you failed all of that. And the last stage was the ABR. And I remember being at Akron Children's Hospital, or you were at Akron Children's Hospital, and they hook you up to the electrodes, they sedate you, and they play sound. And you, you know, the idea is to see if your brain is actually processing the sound, and you were. And so it was like you were just tuning everything out, like just ignoring the world or kind of locked away from the world. Do you remember that? Again, somewhat as much as a toddler would. Yeah, uh, a normal human would remember what a toddler, yeah, what they were as a toddler. Um, from what I can rem remember, it was sort of like, why would I bother listening to everything if I can't even interact with it? Wow. Do you? And I guess I'm just asking this for me because <laughs> we've not really had this conversation before. But like, were you? Were you angry? with us for not understanding or um, like being able 
to help you more than what we were? I mean, I was angry. I wouldn't say it was directed towards anyone, just angry in general, obviously, because mm -hmm. I ended up stabbing my brother with a ballpoint pen. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't really directed toward anyone. Just frustrated in general? Yeah. I mean, I was sort of mad at the preschool teachers because they didn't really care at all. But... Well, in fairness, I don't think it was that they didn't care. It was, um, there were, there were communication yeah. gaps, big ones, you know, and as a parent, we learned you, so technically, I guess you were pre-verbal just, I guess, so that we clarify this because you used to speak in musical tones. So it was, it was like, um, musical notes. So there was no like words. It was almost like um, you were humming, sort of. That's how. Th those are the only sounds that you would really make, and you know we learned to kind of navigate that. It kind of came our family language. Like we understood that you were upset or frustrated or hungry or whatever based on like the tones, right? When you were happy, it would be like you were singing, like humming a really happy song, and when you were frustrated, it would be like a darker, whatever. But I, you know, I, I think for like preschool teachers at the time, that's a big yeah. leap to kind of understand that. And so I, I do, I do remember your, your preschool teachers and they were, they were really amazing, but I understand too, that the frustration that it must've, you must've experienced not being able to communicate or be understood. And from your perspective, it was like they're not listening. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I guess I didn't really intend to get deep into this, but um, why don't we kind of pause it here, okay, for this, for this week, and we'll end it with, do you have any advice for parents of kids that are non-speaking? Um, I would say try and find some way to communicate with them. Okay. Whether it be listen and see if they listen or see if they have specific patterns mm -hmm. that they show for specific things, like I did with humming, mm -hmm. or if you find something like sign language or symbolism that you can use mm -hmm. to teach different things so that you can understand your kid more. Yeah. Just find some way to communicate because if it was a situation like me, it would make them feel a lot better. Okay. That's really good advice. And, you know, communication is, everyone has a right to be able to communicate. Like, it's, it's a very basic human need. Yeah. And it is, it would have to be very isolating and feel like you're trapped, like you had mentioned. Um, thank you. That was really good. One thing that I would say is that just remember that just because your child may not speak does not mean they're not listening or that they don't understand you. And that language is not a representation of competence. Always assume competence. Just because someone can't speak doesn't mean that they 
can't understand you, you know? So, so assume that they understand and be compassionate and kind and respectful and patient. Does that work? Yeah. Cool, man. So, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm excited to, to kind of go down this path with you because I think there's a lot of insight that you have that could be so valuable to people out there. And I know you've been kind of itching to kind of jump into this with me and I'm excited. So, um, let's see how this goes. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll put out some feelers and grab some questions for next time and, uh, and go from there. Does that work? Yeah. Awesome, man. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you. Love you too. All right. We'll talk to you guys uh, soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Before I let you go, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to tune in today. It means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I put a lot of time and energy into each one of these episodes because I want there to be a resource for you that wasn't available for me when I was going through this with my kids. And, you know, I, I want there to be a positive impact on your lives. I want you to be able to learn something and enjoy what you're hearing. So uh, thank you again. I really appreciate it. For more information, you can visit theautismdad.com. You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. And uh, I will talk to you next week. Thank you.